and welcome to the VA Life podcast with me, Charlotte Wibberley of VIP VA. Now, today I am thrilled to have my fabulous right-hand woman and super VA, the lovely Sarah Banks of Banks Business Solutions with me. I finally coerced her to getting onto the podcast and she's here to talk to us about her business journey, the highs, the lows and all that goes in between. So we're here for a little bit just having a natter and chatter about all things VA Life. So hello there, Sarah. Hi, Charlotte. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining. So tell the guys a little bit about you, um, your business, your background and kind of how long you've been in business and how you got into it. Okay, so I've been in business since 2014. Um, Before that, I was uh, working quite high up in administration in a university and have done project management work before that. Um, Kind of several changes of career along the way to suit my eldest daughter's 10 now. Um, So I left my project management role when I had her because it didn't fit around her and took this very basic job at the university and worked my way up there had my second daughter in 2013 and went back after maternity leave and I only worked three days a week. You'd think that that would be manageable, but it just wasn't. The kids weren't happy. Um, My oldest hated the before and after school care. The little one hated nursery. And so something had to change. And I got chatting to a mum at school who had her own business and said, oh, it'd be great if I had someone that could just help me out a few hours a week. And thought, oh, I could do that. Perfect. <laughs> you know, that, that's going to be, be ideal for me. Um, so did like, I'm, I'm very much, I research everything. So I spent hours researching what this, this could be and came across the term VA. It was really American. There was very, there was no VIP VA then, if only there mm-hmm. had been. It's very, very American, um, not a huge amount out there about the UK. So I just kind of did some general stuff. Well, how do you actually start a business? What do you mm-hmm. have to do? Um, pulled a list from somewhere online of things that I could offer as services and whacked those up into a website and went, oh, yeah, I could do all that. That's fine. <laughs> you know, no real, like, proper yeah. master plan. You know, I'd love to say to you, yeah, I had this perfect master plan of what I was going to do but it wasn't it was let's make a website I've never used WordPress before I'm going to figure it out I can do this whack this list on the services and shouted on my personal Facebook about how I was going to start this business amazing <laughs> and I think I think that's sometimes how people do get going is that they kind of fall into it before they they know that they're into it so the plan sort of emerges as they go along yeah yeah it, it did for me and I my first client was my old hypnobirthing teacher um, and that was brilliant. So I, I made sure I'd got insurance and all of those important things in place before I started working with her. And I was still working in my employed role when I started out with her in the May um, and left that role at the end of September. But when I left it, I had three other clients. My big, the university were subcontracting me back for a project that wasn't finished and then just started networking the hell out of it really to try and build the business up but very quickly felt that actually this list of I can do anything wasn't what I wanted to do at all I wanted Mm. to do more technical stuff and kind of that like you call me your right hand woman that kind of supporting the business owners with their ideas and their strategies and things like that so I very much do mostly do that and technical stuff now and a lot less of the kind of what people would term a traditional VA role um, I've got a couple of clients that I do inbox management for but you know they know as well as you know me saying it now is it's not my favorite thing to do but mm. it's part of a bigger package of support that they have but yeah. it's definitely techie stuff and, and ch- just chatting with people. That strategy stuff is just chatting with people really, isn't it? So just like we're chatting now, it's just having a chat with your clients and you get paid for it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is that I think a great VA like yourself can bring um, a different perspective, a valuable perspective to somebody else's businesses. And often business owners um, like me are sat there working on their own on their business and they, they never get that sort of safe uh, second brain to sort of challenge them or come up with other ideas or just see it from a different point of view. So I think yeah, absolutely it's hugely valuable for somebody to have that additional person in their business, even if it is just talking stuff through. Yeah, yeah. And that that's what I find. I mean, I've had some people that don't like it. They don't like my ideas and that's fine. That's It's their business at the end of the day. It's their choice. But I've got others that really, really appreciate that side of things as well. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And so when you talk about your clients, how um, are you currently finding your clients and what kinds of people are you finding you're working with these days? Oh, it's it's definitely <laughs> shifting more towards the health and wellness sector, which completely rules you out because you're not in that sector. <laughs> Although I think what you know, a lot of what VIPVA does helps the wellness of people. But I've worked yeah. with quite a few VAs as well on their websites. So um, it's, it's all women. It's all women in business. Um, although I lie, I've had a couple of men and I've got another male client coming on board but I generally it's women um it's women that are very holistic in the way that they work that they're on their own and like you said they need that second brain and quite often they're they're really really good at what they do but they don't really get the tech stuff that's a lot of my clients and and I do get the tech stuff so I support them with that and then that evolves into other things Mm. yes as well so Sorry, go on. <laughs> I was just going to say that I've kind of got a mixture of regular clients and so my retained clients that pay me a nice fixed amount every month, which is lovely, and I know what I'm doing. And then I also have some ad hoc clients and projects going on. So it's a real mixture of different things. And that balance can shift from 70-30 to 50-50. It, it varies time to time depending on what's going on and what projects are happening. Mm. But I guess there, the diversity of clients and the ways that you're working and even the sort of different tasks that you're doing um, within those those businesses is quite refreshing. Oh, yeah, I love it. I'm a flitter and I know that not everyone can work in that way, but I can go from doing emails for one client to doing social media for the next to then having a call with another one within an hour and it, I, my brain will work like that and I get bored if I'm if I'm not busy enough. So when I have quiet periods it'll take me so much longer to actually get motivated and do anything whereas when I'm completely manic and I'm literally at capacity I get everything done so much quicker it's crazy but it's just the way that I am and the way that my brain works yeah well I think there's that saying isn't there if you want something don't give it to a busy person because I think when you are busy and you're working in that sort of get stuff done capacity and brainwave then um i think people do you just get on with it you smash through your to-do list don't you but i totally i think when you're quiet sometimes you can sort of yeah feel less motivated yeah yeah you go down those rabbit holes don't you and i think because i'm in social media a lot for my clients it's so easy to get sucked into those news feeds Mm. and just go scrolling through them and think oh actually what was i here to do (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Down that rabbit hole, and an hour later, you're still mid conversation with someone, or or giffing in a group. Yeah, (laughs) which shall remain nameless. Yeah, can't say which group that is. Now, obviously, you have um, two lovely daughters as well. So, how do you find um, it works or doesn't work juggling your business and also sort of being there for for your two girls? In some ways, it's it's brilliant because I know I can always be there if they need me. Um, I Yesterday I got a message from school to say that I, there's an award ceremony on Friday and my daughter's getting an award. And rather than having to ask permission to go, 
I, I was a bit like, seriously, you're messing up my day, but I can be there. I don't have to ask anyone's permission. I can literally go, yeah, I'll be there. It's not a problem. On the other hand, there is that, like, you've messed up my plans thing sometimes, you know, because Friday was my last day before they break up from school and I'd got this lovely day planned of everything I was going to get done. But it, I think that it's just the, the balance is a struggle sometimes. I'm lucky my husband's a teacher, so school holidays aren't something I have to worry about because yes. he's here. Although, that said, I don't want to be sat in the office while they're all having fun either. No. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it just works. And I, I take them to school every day. I pick them up from school all but one day. If they've got after-school clubs, I don't have to say, no, you can't do that because you're going to be somewhere else and mummy can't take you. I run them around for a couple of hours every night to wherever they need to be. And some evenings I do come back to work because at three o'clock I can't always switch off. And that sometimes bothers me, but sometimes I think, well, that's fine because actually you've had all this lovely time in the afternoon when everybody else would have been working and it's just making it work in with your life isn't it it's that fluidity of what's work and what's personal life and molding it all together mm. but I certainly feel I have more time with them than I had before even though I only worked three days a week before and I reckon I pretty much work full-time now well I think when you work flexibly and you kind of your work and your life are more integrated then you can you're there for the important things yeah. for the time that matters rather than it always having to be a particular set time and that sometimes will be the right time sometimes it'll be the wrong time like you say it can you're there for the important bits so when um, your daughter's getting an award on Friday and everything then you are able to be there um, because your boss has said yes <laughs> yeah. um, but it's I think that that makes all the difference to how you feel and gets rid of the mummy guilt a little bit as well yeah definitely definitely and I think I set them a good example because they see how hard I work Mm. and they see the benefits of the fact that I work so I think it's a good example for them as well to show them that, that you know there's all sorts of different possibilities for them as they grow up and options for how they want to live their lives in the future as well I think that's a really important point because you go back even sort of 10 years and the, the, the thing is that people went out to work didn't they kids went into nursery if their parents were both at work yeah. and it was a nine to five and people traveled and that's the way it was whereas now people can sort of craft not everybody but you can in certain circumstances especially with what we do craft the way that you work and it's good it does set a good example for kids to say you know just because um we're at home we're still working and that's possible for you depending on what, what, what you want to do yeah absolutely and I, I showed them that on holiday as well I mean we we love North Wales and we spend a lot of time out in North Wales camping and we found a campsite with wi-fi which means Brilliant. that school holidays we can be out there for as much t or as little time as we want but I can still work without having to completely shut the business down yeah. and so they see me go off to work first thing in the morning then we'll go out and have loads of fun and then I work in the evening if I need to so they, they get to see the, the opportunities and the flexibility that comes with having your own business and that freedom. And they love having that freedom of just being out up on an upper hill, running around doing nothing. Mm. Mm. And on the flip side, do you ever find that um, it, boundaries are blurred or that they struggle with knowing when you're working or you know, people assume that you're not working because you're at home? Oh, yeah. I mean, especially in the early days, I felt that was really difficult because it was always just assumed that I was at home and I, I was available to do this and do that. And we went through a period where my mother-in-law was quite unwell and there was some expectation that I would be able to do whatever was needed around that because of the fact that I was at home and I was sitting here doing nothing. And I had to kind of really say, look, I can't. I, I have business to run. I have clients. I will help, but I can't be the one that's on call for everything. Um, the girls 
sometimes don't get it as they've got older they they understand it more I remember um two or three years ago now Sophie's six now so she was probably about three or four her coming into the office when I was on Facebook one day and I was actually on Facebook genuinely scheduling stuff for a client and she went running out of the office daddy daddy mummy's playing around on Facebook she <laughs> said she was working oh the shame <laughs> I was actually working this yeah. time half an hour ago I probably wasn't but this time I really was um so it's getting them to realize that when I'm doing those sorts of things it isn't just um mummy messing around mummy is actually working and there are times when they will go oh mummy why why have you got to work today could we go and do this and I haven't been able to just say yes I can do it I've had to say well maybe in an hour's time I can do it but right now mummy can't mm. um and as, as I said as they've got older they understand that better now than they do yeah. when they're tiny um and I think that's that's just that's an age thing with them as they mature yeah absolutely I know my two <clears throat> they're usually pretty good but sometimes will struggle with uh with the fact that I'm in the office if they're at home I mean it's just impossible to work if they're at home because they'll just pop in and I've had them sort of come in and jump on Facebook lives and other things so <laughs> which is always good fun yeah <laughs> at least it's authentic but um I think I have more trouble with my husband bless him because he's a bit like you saying about the Facebook comment if I'm on Facebook which is by far the biggest medium for me getting clients and connecting with people he assumes that I'm doing you know just sneaky either sort of stalking people or, or <laughs> chatting to my friends whereas actually what I'm doing is responding to messages and talking about how I can help people or giving advice or you know posting in the members club or whatever it is and that that is work yeah yeah so. and I've had that and I think it took me till about six months ago to get into a routine of not keeping my phone with me of an evening and I used to get comments when we'd be sat down together of an evening going oh you, well, you just put your phone down you're addicted to it and now when I finish for the day I leave my phone upstairs yes and I have a good hour or two hours without it and actually that's flipped over now because he's on Facebook quite a lot because he doesn't leave his <laughs> phone upstairs and I go are you addicted to your phone are you <laughs> oh revenge is sweet yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> do you find that that's been a lot better to kind of oh yeah switching off and it's stuff, much yeah. better and I um oh it was there was a virtual summit that you did was it I don't know if it was was it Francesca yes and she was saying about switching off and stuff and she said about taking emails off your phone and I straight away took my emails off my phone and that aside from everything else been my biggest thing has made such a huge difference to me because I would see an email if a client come in at 10 11 o'clock at night that particularly if it was something that wasn't the most positive email because there was something going wrong and generally it wasn't me making it go wrong it was something going wrong for them I'd go into panic mode and not sleep yeah. now yeah. I don't see those emails I, I literally when I get back from school in the morning I log in and I see my emails mm. and that way then I'm not stressing all night about it which is great it's just taken time to educate people that I don't check emails outside of 9 to 3 maybe a couple of an evening before I finish but yeah just getting people to understand that that I'm not going to respond you're right and it's it's one of those things where it's it is almost easy to say to people these are my boundaries and I'm not going to check my phone but it's so much harder to discipline yourself into doing yeah. it um, and if you're anything like me if I read something then it, it goes into my brain and if it, that could be at 10 o'clock at night I'm terrible at checking my phone um, yeah. and then I'm thinking about it all night and it's then bad sleep and oh it just doesn't work so I think having those boundaries in place but trying to be strict with with yourself yeah is probably quite important Mm. 
So you had quite an interesting last year because you realised one of the big dreams that you had when starting your business about um, taking time out and travelling with your family and still working, didn't you? Yes, yes. I did. So, so, so tell, us, tell us about that. So we um, back in 2015, we sat down and we decided that there was no point in us waiting till retirement to go and do the travelling we wanted to do, that we should just mm. go and do it now. Mm. Um, and what was actually stopping us was ourselves. Yeah. and our attitude towards it um, I was only a year into the business so at that point I had no idea if we were going to do this if I'd even be able to work but thought well if needs be I'll just get someone to deal with the business while I'm away and I'll take a complete break and then over those three years of planning and preparing for the trip which ended up being um, three months that we went away for I realised that actually I could work there was no reason at all why I had to stop the business or associate everything out because I could still run the business and we could still have an amazing trip. So we set off, well, it was the 23rd of July last year that we flew, so almost a year ago um, today, um, we we literally set off and we flew out and we went through Thailand, Malaysia, parts of Australia, New Zealand and Singapore. And I worked all but two weeks. I took the first and the last weeks off completely and didn't work at all. The rest of the time I worked a few hours a day, Monday to Friday, kept on top of the client work. I mean, I work school hours most of the time now, which is about five hours a day. Mm. So actually fitting five hours into the day isn't that difficult. No. Because you just get up early. We're early risers anyway. So I would get up, <coughs> log on about seven in the morning, David get the kids up and sort out breakfast and make pack up if we needed it for the day and then when we got to wherever we were staying that night if we were moving on or later in the day I'd log in again and check what was going on and it, it just worked and it was the most amazing experience that we've ever had don't get me wrong there were challenges along the way at times but I would do it again tomorrow because yeah. it, it just worked for us it was just brilliant and just knowing that I could still do what I was doing and provide for the family while we were away and to be able to go and have all those experiences that we had was just it was just amazing you know and it's it's really easy I guess for us to go oh it's, it's a bit scary it's a bit difficult what will my clients think will this work I was constantly paranoid about my laptop this was my biggest fear on the whole trip was <laughs> that my laptop would get smashed somehow when oh, no. I had it in a sleeve in a padded laptop bag and whenever we got on a flight and we went in the carrier it went the girls bags full of soft toys were either side of it as well because <laughs> I was <laughs> absolutely paranoid about my laptop um, but everything everything was fine and my clients were fine um, there was a couple of grumbles about time zones which was probably partly my fault because I had no clue what time zone we were on Mm. at any point in time which goes back to me not liking diary management stuff because I just couldn't yeah. get my head around that sort of thing <laughs> um, but yeah it was just it was just brilliant and it was something that we were definitely we're going to do again mm. and that's something that having my business has enabled me to do because I'd never been able to get that much time off work yeah of course when I was working what I love about that was not only obviously um, that you were able to achieve something that you'd set out to do back in 2015 but I think also that as virtual assistants as freelancers as self-employed business owners we do often talk about the fact oh you can work from anywhere you can work with anyone from anywhere and to a certain degree we can and often I think that means you can work from your home you can work from your garden you can work from a coffee coffee shop you can work from your client's office but what you've done there is gone I can truly run my business from anywhere in the world and not just from a permanent location anywhere in the world I can travel and do it and I yeah. think that's inspirational for other people that are that have those similar plans 
Yeah, I mean, all, all you really need is whatever device you're working from, laptop or iPad, whatever you're using, and some Wi-Fi, don't you? At the end of the day, 90% of what we do as VAs is done online. Mm. So what else do you actually need? I mean, I did have this whole panic about what I was going to pack because I still like paper. Um, and I've got planners and notes and scribbles all over my walls in my office here and couldn't take any of that with me. I literally took my laptop, I took a small notepad and my phone and my chargers and that was it, which was a bit bizarre at times, um, not really having any other stuff around me. But you can literally work anywhere. I sat um, in a restaurant overlooking a beach. I've sat up mountains watching the sunset um, in the back of a camper van. Um, could work from all those locations yeah, and yeah just it, utterly amazing yeah you can just and you can do it you know if anyone's listening to this thinking oh i'd love to do that but i no, there's no way i could do it you absolutely can do it you know you, it just takes a little bit of planning educate your clients obviously your family needs to be on board because if we'd have gone away and the family weren't on board with me working it wouldn't have worked because they wouldn't have supported me with the things like you know with dave getting the kids up and doing breakfast while i worked and he would often do tea while i worked those things wouldn't have happened if he hadn't been supportive on that. But he knew how important it was that I kept my business running. And it gave us extra finances for while we were away as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And the flexibility just allowed you to, to do it in the right way. And I love that you came back from it and didn't say, ah, never again, you know, I've done it, ticked it off the list. But I know that you're, you are thinking about how you can incorporate more of that into your business and your life going forward. So yeah and do you know I came back the week I got back I had four inquiries off people that had been waiting for me to get back so it didn't affect my networking and my um, visibility to people at all mm. Mm. yes yeah and I guess if you're in that sort of growth phase it's not probably not the time for you but as an established business with good solid clients you were able to support them remotely yeah Absolutely. And I think you can still gain clients on the road. I mean, the, uh, networking so much is done online now, isn't it? So you can still gain clients on the road. But I think you do need to have your reputation established to a certain extent before you go off and do it. I, I don't kind of like to have been in that first couple of years where I was get people getting to know me and I was learning things. Mm. Mm. No, I think you. I think you needed the trust of your long-standing clients to yeah. to be there to know that you were going to commit to it and do a good job, and that they were going to be supported. Yeah, amazing. And of course, the other thing that people often think about you're going to kill me for this um, <laughs> when they when they think about you is about being um, as we like to call you the GDPR queen oh. because you really. Um, <laughs> I'm also really proud of you because you took that situation that many many people sort of ran away screaming or tearing their hair out about being compliant for GDPR um, when it all came in last year and you were able not only to understand it in an amazing way for your business and I thank you for us in the members club but um, but you also were supporting clients and actually helping them to become compliant or know what to do to get in place so how are you feeling currently about being a GDPR queen? <laughs> I think it bores people. Everyone's now switching <laughs> this podcast off and going, Bye-bye. no. Yeah. <laughs> Step away. Step but keep listening, travel. people, because I had I, I turned it into an alcohol-related acronym, so I'll talk and then I'll share that and keep people <laughs> listening. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I was like everybody else. When I first heard about GDPR, I cried into my wine glass so many times thinking, I can't do this, I can't carry on my business anymore. 
you know, I have absolutely no clue what's going on. And then through VIPVA, I was in touch with Annabelle Kay of Coffee Clatch um, and started working through her stuff and her support. And suddenly something just clicked. And I don't know what it was, but something just clicked for me. I was like, I get this. I understand it. I know what everyone's talking about now. And now how can I make other people understand it? Because I knew that there were so many people panicking and stressing about it. And I was thinking, right, how can I use this click for me and make it simple for people? So I did lots of videos, live videos on Facebook and sent lots of messages out to clients trying to explain it in a way that they would understand and to take that panic and fear away from it. Because that was the biggest thing. There was a lot of scaremongering going on. Um, and I was trying to be a calmer voice in that for, for my network of contacts. And then I I can't quite remember how it all came about, but I, it, I think it was conversations with Annabelle, probably conversations with you and other members about me offering it as a support service for people. Yeah. And somehow by April last year, it might have even been slightly earlier, I'd put together a support package to help people understand it and get through the data audits and suddenly had all these clients that I was supporting. And actually, I'm still supporting clients now, new clients with GDPR, even now, over 12 months on from it, um, because there is still a need for it. There's still a lot of people that don't understand it. Mm. But yeah, I think a lot of people were bored with me last year, <laughs> which was when I then came up with this acronym of gin, de serrano, prosecco and rum. And people <laughs> seem to quite like that. <laughs> I love it. Take it. Take a challenging situation and put a positive spin on it. Yeah, like prosecco. I mean, come on. Exactly, and gin. You know, it's yeah. It was the perfect combination of alcoholic beverages. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was funny because I remember when the GDPR um, stuff all was mentioned to me before in 2017, uh, in talking with Annabelle. And her sort of saying to me at the time, for the people that get this, this is going to be a huge opportunity to obviously get their own businesses right, but to support all of the other businesses that won't have the headspace or just they're not that kind of person that can really get their head around what's needed. They just want somebody else to sort of assist them with it. And I think you are probably the best example of somebody that um, took the time to understand it, of course, but also then took the initiative to go, well, I can use this as a business opportunity as well to support others, which is amazing yeah yeah and as I said you know I still I have new clients coming on board for it now which is really interesting because I thought it might be one of these things that happened last year and then went away which was fine it was a great opportunity last year but it is still there now and things are shifting and changing in the data protection world still now so I think it's something that's going to be around for quite a while sorry everyone (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll draw a line under GDPR there yeah. so that people, you know, if you've switched off you've put us on mute, come back, come back, come back. Um, <laughs> now obviously you've been running your business for um, a long time now, so since 2014, what kind of um, changes have you seen in the industry over that time? Oh, the VA industry is changing constantly. Isn't it? It's growing massively in the UK. I mean, when I came across VIPVA I think it was about six months after your launch yeah. and suddenly I was like actually this is a support network and somebody that's doing something for the industry that's going to make a big change because I was even in those early days coming across people that weren't weren't really setting up properly as business owners there was this huge thinking and I think there still is in some sectors of oh well anyone with a laptop can be a VA and it's a bit of extra pocket money Um, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way to those that are working alongside 
part-time jobs or even full-time jobs to grow their business because I don't want to come across in that way Um, because I did that I worked alongside a part-time job with it but actually there are people that are doing that they're not set up they don't have insurance they don't understand about data protection they don't have contracts they're charging rates that are unsustainable in a professional business and the the growth of VIPVA and and other industry leaders are saying look you need to have this this is what you need as a professional organization is is causing a shift now I think in much more professional level of virtual assistance we're being taken a lot more seriously as business owners in our own right there is still work to be done don't get me wrong we're not we're not there yet but there's kind of I think several sectors of the VA industry coming out now you've Mm. got these or well, it's just a bit of extra pocket money people. You've got those like, yeah, it, it, this is something I want to do just for now because it works around my family. And then you've got this higher level. Um, and I see this massively through the VIPVA mastermind group. Mastermind? Mastermind? I've lost my words now. Mastermind group. It's nearly summer break. Yeah. <laughs> um, where, where we are really serious business owners and we see this as our long-term future. This is a business yeah. that's going to grow with us and it's going to provide us with with the financial um, things that we need going forward. But it's also it's going to give us that flexibility that we want for life. Yeah. And we are professionals, and we we meet those very strict standards that you have in place, which are really really important. And I think the next stage now is to be moving towards getting that really recognised with government. Mm. That yeah, that you know the industry. It's not just people doing a bit of admin at home. This is a proper profession in the same way that accountants and financial advisors are a proper profession. We are exactly the same. Well, it's. It, I know that not all VAs are PAs um, and vice versa, um, but PAs often have representation and are recognised as a sort of an industry segment, um, as a profession. And I think virtual assistants or whatever people choose to be called, but businesses that are supporting other businesses virtually um, need to be recognised in that same way and yeah there is a problem I think with um, a lack of professionalism Um, and I don't think you see even professionalism but being set up or people not knowing or understanding what they need in place to run their businesses safely and securely Um, and we need to try and sort of escape that and I think it does start with with the VAs themselves because we have to believe that we're professionals and talk about it and demonstrate that before other people will believe that of us yeah definitely and I think it it's a slow burn isn't it really but I think it is going to get there it's just it's just going to take time I hope that in the next two or three years we do get a big shift and we get much more recognition than what we have now Um, and it's I guess across the whole freelance industry really it's not just that VAs as you say we're not all just PAs we have a huge range of of skills that we bring to the table you know everything from web design to marketing support to I I don't know it it kind of escapes me all the options because there's there's like millions of different things that everybody offers aren't there and actually being able to be recognized as a is it a profession is it an industry what do we need to be on those silly forms where you have to tick what you do for a living you know what do we need to have on there what's the right word 
And then how do we then translate that into better standards and better recognition of those of us that are properly set up and educating people, as you say, on how to set up their business properly, which obviously you're doing a brilliant job of doing at the moment anyway. Oh, thanks. Well, I think the the thing that stands out for me often is that um, for the people that perhaps aren't members of my organisation or aren't sure about what it is that we do, it isn't about weeding people out or preventing people from doing things. Um, It's about encouraging people to do things, but doing it in the right way and by getting all of those standards in place and by all being a part of the same thing it means that we can um, better the industry for all of us so it's about coming together truly coming together rather than just putting stuff out there about collaboration and stuff it's about coming together for the better of the industry absolutely and if every VA is working to those same standards then when business owners come to them and say well how do you work you know what what do you have in place to support me and where are you how are you set up legally if they all come back with the same message to the business owner that then is going to send out a huge message across all business isn't it that VAs are set up in this way and if you come across someone that isn't then they're probably not the person you should be working with yeah absolutely absolutely so I'm kind of conscious of time so I've just got a couple more questions so (laughs) a good fun one keeping it completely anonymous and i'm hoping to god this isn't about me <laughs> what is the most challenging situation that you've had in your business to date okay the most challenging thing for me wasn't actually related to a client it was related to my own stupidity <laughs> okay <laughs> so i i now work from a macbook so this will never happen to me again but i had a windows pc and i'm sure everybody remembers when windows 10 got launched and you kept getting that little pop-up and you had to hit the cross to make it go away although the cross yep. didn't make it go away and they all of that was going on. so i i'd done some investigation before this and realized that my laptop wasn't necessarily going to support windows 10 initially mm-hmm. so was quite happy to continue on windows 8 and stay as i was um because it just wasn't going to work at some point i managed to hit the wrong button on that pop-up oh and started installing windows 10 Oh, no. There was no way to stop it. So I went into complete meltdown. <laughs> Dave came home to me crying on the floor going, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no backup because at that point, everything was stored on my laptop. I had a few client files that were shared in the cloud, but everything was on my laptop. Um, mm. I did occasional cloud backups, maybe once a fortnight. So not, not as regular as I should have. And so Windows 10 installed and initially seemed okay and thought oh maybe I've dodged a bullet here till I came to shut my laptop down it wouldn't actually switch off so there was an issue it was blocking it from shutting down properly um I decided I was just going to persevere with it and two weeks in suddenly everything started disappearing off my laptop I don't know why stuff just literally was going and I was like okay this isn't right now I can't where's those files gone I had them two minutes ago they've now gone And I I just literally, I think I just went into a complete and utter panic mode and was like, I'm going to work at Tesco because I literally (laughs) can't, I can't run a business because I'm completely and utterly incapable. Um, And in the end, like Dave's brilliant, he talked me down and we we looked at the Microsoft process to roll the laptop back, thought I'd done a backup, hadn't, um, and lost two weeks worth of files, basically, was the outcome of the whole thing. I know. And then had to thankfully 
there was nothing massively critical. There were a couple of things that clients needed that I had to redo, which I've said I didn't charge them for because I wouldn't have done that because it was my fault. Mm. But luckily, it wasn't as critical as it perhaps could have been. But it taught me a huge lesson in the fact that I needed to make sure I had backups, proper backups in place, that I needed to have my stuff in the cloud and across several cloud places. And I now have everything in Dropbox, OneDrive and on a hard drive. Um, because then <laughs> I had, backed yeah, up. triple backed up and no longer have Windows PC either because that was, yeah, I've, I love my Mac now. Um, but yeah, that was the most challenging thing that has ever, ever happened to me. I've been quite lucky, I think, with all my clients, to be fair. Yeah, probably going with your gut, to be honest. Yeah. But, um, in that situation, obviously, like, stuff does happen, but equally, it's probably, it's probably, um, credit to you that you handled it in that way and you now have le- learned a lesson from it yeah. got like triple back up in place so that situation just never ever occurs again yeah but it was just at the time I was you know I was shouting screaming crying everything you know you wouldn't have wanted to be in my house when it was going on no you know because I literally had a full-on two-year-old tantrum over the whole thing oh I think I would have been the same to be clear yeah absolutely and then then sat down and given myself a talking to yeah with it. yeah and that was it you know and as I said, <laughs> I'm really lucky my husband is so level-headed nothing ever phases him so he was able to sit there and go right come on Sarah let's be sensible here what's yeah. the worst that's going to happen all my clients will leave me yes, I'll have no money I'm unemployable Yes, that would be this terrible mistake. Oh, I think it's so good talking about people's mistakes because we've all made them. And I think that's what makes us the business owners that we are is that we can make those mistakes, learn from them and then share them so that other people don't absolutely mistakes. Definitely. Oh, dearie me. Bless you. So just kind of one final question before we wrap up. If you could go back to the beginning of your business journey, so back to 2014 when you were making that leap, um, what one piece of advice or um, personal or business advice would you give to yourself? Oh, <laughs> that's a really okay. tough one you've thrown in there. Sorry, um, I think I'd, I'd tell myself that it's all going to be okay because there were so many times in that first year that I was literally going to get an application form from the local supermarket to get a job and i just say, look, just let go. This It will be successful. You can do this, you know, just get get up get on with it and don't listen to everybody else because there was so many negative things at that point in time people go oh you can't really do this you sure you want to do this i know when i handed my notice my boss said well you don't have to make a decision yet no i'm handing my notice in she goes yeah well why don't you stay for a bit longer um so i just tell myself to stop listening to everybody and it will all work Mm. out Mm. i think that's great advice because there's going to be Good, good days, bad days, that whole diagram we've yeah. got of the life, a day in the life of a yeah. entrepreneur that's up, down, up, down, up, down. Yeah. I love it. I hate it. God, I'm giving up. Oh, no, yeah. I, I'm passionate about it. It does, it is a bit of a roller coaster. Yeah, and that, that still happens now. Not going to yeah. lie to you and say that five years in, it's all beautiful, fine, and we're at the top constantly because you're not at all. That is just, that is life. It's real life, and that is how it is. And we need to say that more. Mm. Yeah, we need to talk about it more authentically so people understand that just one bad day or one bad week or even one bad month doesn't mean that your business isn't going to work. It's just about what you do next. Yeah, yeah, it's how you deal with it and what support network you've got in place for when that happens. Yeah, absolutely absolutely well look thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day because i know you're busy with your clients um doing fabulous work so um yeah huge thanks for me for sort of sharing your story um 
if people want to get in touch with you Sarah where's the best place for them to get in touch with you uh, probably pop over to my website www.banksbusinesssolutions.co.uk um, all my contact details social media stuff is all on there so you find everything in one place and thank you that for is. having me not at all and have a good rest of your week I will do bye Take care. bye